Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Rick Smith. I'm here with my friend Todd Wagner. How you doing, Todd? I am well, thank you. Well, listen, we're dealing with a big word today, the sacraments. So we're mm -hmm. talking specifically about communion. Okay. Should believers take communion every week? Well, depending on how you mean that, I would say at least, or if you mean once a week, I'd say no. All right, so by every week, at least, I'd say, yeah, I, I hope so. I think we are supposed to remember the Lord every single time that we break bread and drink with each other. All right, let me read you from the scriptures. That's the best place okay. to go. All right, anything about what I just said that you wanted to? No, you know, I, I, I do think that people, when they think of the word <laughs> communion, I think yeah. you're going to talk about it, they think passing a little thing around yeah. and getting a cracker and eating it. It's so. one of the places that the tradition of the church, especially in the West, has, I think, preempted what God intended for us. Some people here at Watermark get on us because every time we're together for a time of celebration and teaching, we don't make one component of that passing around some semblance of, uh, of bread and some semblance of the fruit of the vine. Okay, We don't do that every time we're together. We've got thousands of people, and to go through the mechanic of that uh, every time we're together, the Bible doesn't say every time you're together, eat. It does say every time that you break bread and drink, do it in remembrance of me. Why? I believe it's because Jesus, the master teacher, would, would um, use um, object lessons for us. Okay, Remember when Jesus said, I'm the bread of life? And he didn't mean by that um, that, that he was the physical bread. In fact, he rebuked the people who later were chasing him because he had provided for them physical bread. What, what Jesus was saying is, look, just like bread satisfies you, I am your satisfaction. Okay, I think God built into our physical nature a need to constantly have something outside of us come into us to give us strength as a reminder of the reality that apart from him, we can do nothing. And so in the ancient Near Middle East, there, there isn't and wasn't a meal that was taken without uh, bread and wine at every single partaking. Now listen, by the way, if you want to be a strict literalist of the scripture, then you should only take communion at a Passover Seder. I mean, most Christians aren't even doing Passover And definitely Seder. not use Welch's... <laughs> yeah, grape juice yeah. or leavened bread. Yeah. Okay? And so we have already are not doing exactly what Jesus did uh, on that night before he was uh, given in crucifixion for the sins of the world. Um, we're, we're doing something else. We're remembering him. And it's amazing to me that people only do it that way and they feel like if some sanctified positional authority doesn't distribute it, that they're not receiving what God intended. Okay, we, we do not believe in what's called transubstantiationism. It's not taught in the scripture. In other words, that at the moment that you are being given the elements, this is the Roman Catholic view, they transubstantiate. They, they turn into the literal body and literal blood of Christ. That is not a view consistent with God's word. All right? If you're uh, part of the uh, Reformation, and for hundreds of years now, we've said that's, that's not the way we're going to roll. It's not what the Bible teaches. We don't even believe that there is a specific means of grace, like you're receiving the ongoing sacrifice of the Son. All right? It is finished. Our debts are paid for. We are receiving some other kind of means of grace there, though. A chance for us to be reminded every time we think on the servant example of our leader, his sacrificial love for us, uh, the provision of Christ, uh, we are being reminded of what true love looks like. We're being reminded of, of the God that we serve. And we're being reminded if the same spirit 
okay, which raised him from the dead, indwells those of us who believe that we likewise ought to live in holiness and power. So let me ask you a question. Is what I hear you saying is every time you eat a meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, are you taking communion? Yeah, I do when I'm with other believers. Which, by the way, when, when folks get ready to, to pray before a meal, uh, they bless the food. If you really listen to the way people pray around meals, it's kind of crazy. You know, what's blessed mean? It means to make happy or to speak well of. I'm not speaking well of the mashed potatoes. Those are really perky green beans, okay? What I'm typically doing right there, and I'm not, and I'm not saying, God, you know, make this meal healthy for me and I don't get poisoned by it. What we're supposed to do is bless the God that brings us this provision, that strengthens our bodies, and let it be a reminder of what it is that Jesus said food should be a reminder of. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, verse 25, he took the cup. After supper saying, this is the cup. Uh, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. If we think he meant there only that specific cup, which was the, probably the fourth cup on the Passover Seder, that particular bread, if he thinks only when you do that you're doing it in remembrance of him, then we should take communion once a year during the Passover Seder. But no one believes that. So what I'm saying is that uh, I think a consistent ethic, and in fact, when you go back and look early in 1 Corinthians 11, he's rebuking them for the way that they are remembering him. And it's not because they're not uh, doing it at Passover Seder, it's because their love feasts have become forms of perversion. And because of the way that they are communing together over meals is not a reminder of the sacrificial example of their leader. It says the rich were eating first, they were eating more than they need, and there was not love among them. And so he goes on to say, if you in fact do this, if you eat this bread and drink this cup, you what you should be doing is proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in doing so he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Forever eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. Wow. We should do a whole real truth, real truth real quick on what it means to eat and drink judgment to yourself, but I'll say it's at least two things. Number one, if you say I follow a sacrificial Savior and all I'm doing is uh, participating in gluttony or um, self-pleasure instead of being reminded of the sacrifice of Christ, that's not worthy of a follower of Christ. Or secondly, if you don't have a genuine faith in Christ and you think somehow participating in some sacrament or some act uh, once a week or every day is the means to which you're going to be saved because you do this thing? No, what you're doing is you're proclaiming that there is sin, there's a God who judges sin, and he went to the cross with his son to forgive you of your sins. But if you just think that there's some practice that you can do and not have a genuine faith, what you're saying is, I know there are sinners, I know there's a God who judges sinners, I've never really dealt with my sin, I'll just do this thing to give me protection. That doesn't give you protection. A right relationship with Jesus does. Let every time you eat and break something and drink something to get strength and provision be a reminder of where real strength and blessing come from. I take communion every time I'm with a, not, with, with a believer, which is why I don't always feel bad not praying when I sit down to have a meal with a non-believer. He's not going to use that meal as a source of reminder to him of Christ's death. He doesn't even believe in it. I've even done this with friends. Uh, we start eating. I go, hey, did it bother you that I didn't pray before I eat? He goes, well, it did kind of surprise me. Go, Do you know why I didn't? And then I'll go through and tell them. Because when I pray, what I'm doing is I'm using this this way to remind me of who Christ is and his goodness. I'd be happy to pray with you. But let me tell you why you ought to be really thankful. Not just that he's feeding you, 
but that the bread of life gave his life for you. It's been a great way to share the gospel. It's awesome. Do you pray before the appetizer or after? That's a, people, <laughs> that's a tough question. That's a tough one. Depends how big the appetizer yeah, is. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, we'll see you next week on another episode of Real Truth Real Quick.